J&J Radio is back for yet another amazing episode. I'm Jonathan Harper along with Statman, my guy Jason Givens. This week's episode, we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, probably the most handsome quarterback in the last 20 years. Pause. Also, Kyler Murray and his deal with the Arizona Cardinals along with Big Chuck, the big man. Uh, I'm so tired. Chuck in the live tour, as well as the top tiers of the NFL quarterback hierarchy, as well as uh, Titlegate in New England. But this week, <laughs> we'll start with, again, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, Jay, you know, we've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo a lot uh, when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers and the fact that he's got them to a, a Super Bowl. He was leading in the second half against the— Leading in the fourth quarter. Leading in the fourth quarter against Patrick, my homeboy, and that bad, bad man and the fat man in Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs. He was leading in that game, and he also went to the conference uh, championship. And, you know, San Francisco said, hey, that's great and all, but we want you to get out. We're tired of you. We're tired of seeing your slender, handsome face (laughs) with your immaculate beard. We just want to hand the reins over to a rookie. The unproven um, chosen one, Trey Day, Trey Lance. They call him uh, Trey Area in the Bay, to be uh, specific. What's your thoughts on that and and the fact that Jimmy, all he does is do is win? And he's gotten this weird rap of always being injured when in actuality, uh, Colin Cowherd talked about it the other day. He's not always injured. He's banged up a little bit, but he's generally there for the majority of your snaps, and he gets deep in the playoffs, and he wins at Lambeau in the belly of the beast when he's not supposed to. Yeah, I think he played in like 18 games last year yep. um, when, you, when you add them in the playoffs. I, I think that this is one of those – it's a very interesting thing. It's uh, I think that there's this, this notion in the NFL that they try to push, that we only care about winning, but it's absolutely not true. We only care about <laughs> winning if it looks the way that we like it to look. 100%. Right? We'll, we'll talk about – some comments about Lamar Jackson a little later, but Jimmy Garoppolo. There you go. Um, like you said, led in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. He led in the fourth quarter of the NFC Championship game last year, um, and it required an effort from I don't know, like the best football player in the world, Aaron Donald, to come <laughs> and uh, stop them and get the ball back. And he's but, won games uh, on the road as well. He wins on the road. He beat Aaron Rodgers head to head and demolished uh, them. Right, that team did. And, yeah, that was tough. I saw that. But, but it doesn't look it doesn't look like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or uh or Stafford, right? There's not a ton of yards and a ton of touchdowns to his credit, but he runs the offense that wins the game. And you have to understand, right, that th- th- there's something more than just winning, right? Whether it's they don't want to pay the cost of Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going in the last year of his contract, or is because there is this idea that we already wasted a high draft pick on Trey Lance, so we have to give him a chance. But Trey Lance was on the roster last year, and Jimmy G beat him in a, a quarterback competition for the starting role. Jimmy G started most of the games, except for I think one or two where he was injured. Right. And when Trey Lance came in, he didn't look good, and Jimmy G only went to you know a few plays away from getting to the Super Bowl again. On the road. On the road, <laughs> right? Um, and losing to the eventual Super Bowl champions, and then that year before, right, lost to the eventual Super Bowl champion. Um, and let's not forget that Shanahan's record is not desirable when Jimmy G is n- not taking snaps. I think he has a losing record when um, Jimmy G is not starting for out. the fourth. Yeah, when Garoppolo is out. So yeah. to your point, just pay that man. Like you said, it may not be pretty. He may not, quote, unquote, push the ball down the field and take all these risks. But at the same time, he wins games and he's not going to lose it for you. Uh, some people have given him that that weird moniker of game manager, which, I mean, it depends on who you ask. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad uh, rap, but at the same time, he doesn't lose it for you. When he has the ball in his hands, you're not, you know, uh, clenching your pearls, hoping he's not going to turn it over. So Yeah, there's this, this, this idea, this notion, right, that um, GMs talk about. Not to me personally, because I don't have any GM friends in the NFL right now, but <laughs> yes. that you hear in interviews that we think we can win a Super Bowl with him. It's crazy the quarterbacks they think they can win a Super Bowl with, right? But when you look back at the history of the NFL, right, you see like Terry Bradshaw, who is not noted as some great 
passer of the football, but he has a ton of Super Bowl rings, right? Where Dan Marino, someone who obviously you could win a Super Bowl with, prototype no Super Bowl rings, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers, one Super Bowl ring in like 16 years, right? Right. Um, Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl and Joe Flacco has a Super Bowl and no one's looking at them in their careers and thinking that's the kind of quarterback you can win a Super Bowl with. But you can <laughs> right. if your team's well put together and you make it to Super Bowls or NFC Championship games, which the Niners have done. I don't know what more they could want from Jimmy Garoppolo considering they're replacing him with a player that they didn't think was better than him six months ago or and it's, 10 months ago. And it's interesting that they drafted uh, Trey Lance so high instead of getting Jimmy some help. That lets you know immediately that they were out of the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, business when they drafted his replacement instead of drafting him either another edge rusher or wide receiver or a linebacker or somebody to protect his blind side. They were like, no, we just want to replace somebody other than you. I mean, we just want to replace you. We don't want to get you any more help. We're out of this business, which is a cold world because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, they replace they drafted uh, Aaron Rodgers for Brett Favre, so that worked out well in Green Bay. They also decided to pull the plug in San Francisco on Alex Smith with uh, Colin Kaepernick. It worked out in the beginning, but it didn't work out long-term. They pulled the plug on Alex Smith again in Kansas City and went with Patrick Mahomes. So it's uh, it can go either way. It can work out or it can go sideways. Yeah, so, the, 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 the Niners, when you say that, it reminds me of uh, – Tony Romo and Dak Prescott, right? Tony Romo gets injured in preseason or in the first game, and Dak Prescott is suddenly thrust into the starting position behind the best offensive line in football and one of the best running backs in the league. And everyone's exactly. like, that's a great quarterback, right? <laughs> like, that's how he also had the X Factor. He had um, uh, uh, Dez. Dez was still right. there. Oh, yeah, and good right receiving core, and Witten was there, <laughs> right? Like, they had a great yeah. team, and they swapped quarterbacks, and the other the new quarterback looked good. Right, right. The Niners do not have that scenario, right? They, like, <laughs> like you said, they need pieces to solidify that team, and instead, they are thinking to themselves, "We're just going to swap the quarterback and see what happens." And it, sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But like you said, they couldn't afford to draft Trey Lance so high and then not play him, because you can draft him maybe at the bottom of the first round or the second or the third. But you can't draft him top 10 and then have him sit for X amount of years because then it just looks like you wasted a pick. So they put – I guess they put the hot seat on themselves as a front office and as a, as a coaching staff in terms of Shanahan to put him in and see what you got. But if he's not going to pop, then you're stuck because you would hate for him to turn out to be Jordan Love, what, what, what some would say. But then again, you never know. Jordan Love might turn into be all pro when uh, Aaron leaves as well. So Jordan that remains Love to be seen. hasn't – been in Green Bay as long as Aaron Rodgers was before he got to start, right? Because that was four years. Mm -hmm. This would be his third year. Yeah. he's. I mean, the kid, he has promise and he was a project when they took him out of uh, what was it, BYU? No. Where was, where did, yeah. I can't remember where Jordan Love went to school. But he was a project then. He's athletic. He showed some flashes, so we'll see what they do there uh, because like we, we know that uh, the cap situation is... Uh, Definitely tight to say the least with Aaron's new deal. But Which, to by put the way, what you, just, what you just described is what happens to NFL quarterbacks when you don't get to start. You go into to no man's land and people can't even remember where you went to school three years ago. It was Utah State. <laughs> Utah State. I knew it was blue and white and somewhere in that there. region. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, exactly. but that's exactly what happens, right? You get sent to no man's land on the bench and people forget that you existed. Before you know it, they'll be drafting another quarterback in green bay and we will never have known whether or not jordan love is good it's tough because like you said that's the hardest like i always say all, all the time that's the hardest spot in all professional sports to find somebody to play it at a high level or an above average level and if you do have an above average quarterback your coaching staff your general managers they all live and they all they're able to sleep through the night they don't have to call the moving truck as soon as the season's over, you don't have to talk about where we're going to live next, honey. We don't have to take our kids out of private school because you have a quarterback. You at least know you're going to have a job for ideally a decade if you have somebody that's above average. But if you're on the fence, it can go either way in the NFL as a GM or as a head coach. But again, uh, it'll be interesting to see where Jimmy G lands. Like you said, there were some reports that they might be trading him back to New England in Hoodieville 
or he might end up in uh, Seattle with uh, Pete Carroll. So who knows where Jimmy G ends up? The Seattle one is tough, right? Because the, the, to trade him in your own division, they're going to have to get more back than Absolutely. any other team would, would, would offer. Because right? you don't want him to flame you twice a year. Right, yes. Oh, you don't, you don't have to see him again. Um, but, you know, look at Minnesota, right? Their GM seems to not be happy with Kirk Cousins. Um, so that's well, he just said he's not Tom Brady. That's that's not like profound information. Mm, the way he said it, like, you don't <laughs> say it, when you're happy with your quarterback, you don't go out talking about how he's not Tom Brady. Well, I mean, Kirk knows he's not Tom Brady. There's, there's that, is that a quarterbacks, shot? Or is that... There's, there's 30, 31, maybe 29 quarterbacks in the league that aren't Tom Brady, but only one GM talking about it. <laughs> if somebody told me tomorrow, you know, you're good, but you're not Stuart Scott, I'd be like, eh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't but, know about if, but, but if it was your agent saying it, right? Or if I were saying, if I was like, I mean, he's good. He's not Stuart Scott, right? You wouldn't feel comfortable sitting across from me. <laughs> there's, there's, there's what's being said, how it's being and, said, and who who's says saying it. it. That's fair. That's fair. We'll turn the page. Uh, we'll stay with football because you know training camps have started. So Kyler Murray just signed a big fat. Uh, juicy new deal with the Arizona Cardinals. He signed. Which it's so. Go ahead, give so, the numbers. So on the surface, it says two hundred thirty million dollars, but when you start to peel back the onions of that awesome blossom, shout out to Chili's. It's actually a hundred and five million dollars guaranteed over five years. So there's a lot of money to be made. But one of the big, and I think I want to set reference here. Um, there's two other quarterbacks getting big deals like that. One, Deshaun Watson, the two hundred thirty million is fully guaranteed. Right. So $125 million more than is guaranteed for Kyler Murray. Uh, right. And he hasn't played football in two years. Right. So, so he's on the shelf and he's in court. Yes. <laughs> right. So there, he, he sat out. He's going to get suspended. And who knows, right, um, right. What, what could happen or when he's going to be able to, available to play. And Kyler right. Murray, who doesn't have any of those issues and played all last season and was rookie of the year a couple years ago, he's getting – way less money and i think that that's something that we talked about before is that teams aren't looking at the cleveland browns as trendsetters <laughs> we're not going to what cleveland does and decide and do how to set the market right <laughs> exactly because if you look at cleveland through the years you generally want to do the opposite of them right. uh, they had a nice little stretch where they had they had baker and a bunch of talent around him but they couldn't figure it out until now with Stefanski with the head coach and then their, their general manager. So they've kind of been a revolving door uh, about front office and head coaching decisions, but it looked like they had it right with Baker and then Baker couldn't get out of Baker's own way. And here they are. So, uh, but with Kyler, like you said, he's never had any legal issues. Some team, uh, there's been some reports that some of his teammates said he was kind of a me guy. He wasn't really a leader. He's kind of aloof, you know, that yeah, all comes down to lot, speculation. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, all he did was take the Cardinals off of his social media uh, this summer. He didn't say, like, get he, me out of here. He wasn't, he, like, a terrible he teammate. Did, he did present his situation. His agent. That he might go play baseball, I think. Yeah, um, his agent he, put out this big – baseball player. Yeah, and uh, his agent put out this big lengthy memo saying, like, these are basically all his demands in, 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 a, in a, I guess you said, a roundabout way. And it's also funny because his agent also represents their head coach. So they just re-signed the head coach, and they also re-upped their general manager. So Kyler was the only other piece of the Django puzzle that was missing because you can't, you can't sign them and not sign Kyler because they're the ones who say we need to get this kid to replace your boy. Um, what's his name, to your point? The, uh, not Drew Rosen. Well, oh, Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen that's, from UCLA. That's my guy now? That's my boy. I mean, you I said just, they pulled the plug on him. I, I just felt like uh, <laughs> some quarterbacks get a chance to show what they can do, and they build up the team around them. And sometimes, for seemingly no reason, in, in this case, right, the, the people who wanted Josh Rosen were no longer there, right? Correct. So, so that, it's one, again, right, it's like the, yeah. the Jordan Love thing. If you're Boston, how are you? It's, it can go either way. Yeah, and so what happens is you get relegated to nowhere, right? We might not ever see you again. As a matter of fact, Josh Rosen, I think, is backing up whoever starts in Cleveland as right. a second or third screen quarterback. Second string, of course, if um, if, if Deshaun gets suspended because um, 
their starting quarterback. I'm sorry, not their starting quarterback. Their backup. Their he's had some two. success. Yeah, he uh, he he had some success in Indianapolis, but they decided to go a different direction and not sign him to a long term deal. But the big thing about that Kyler deal is the fact that there's um, in the contract it's written that he has to study at least four additional hours, basically on his own time per week. So what are your thoughts on that? And I'll give you my uh, rebuttal as if we were in a courtroom. This We're taking it to Judge Judy. So what you got, Jay? <laughs> if you um, – so there's what you say, how you say, and who says it. <laughs> right? okay. And so the people paying Kyler Murray are saying that um, if you don't study more, then we're not going to pay you. Which to me says, we don't trust that you're engaged enough or putting in enough work to get us to the next level. Okay. And there's also reports that, to your point, since he is talented at so many things, football is not his only thing. So, like you said, he floated the idea about playing baseball, and he's also a big gamer. So I guess the team is saying, we want you to study more. But there's more than one way to skin a cat. For instance, Michael Vick never really studied much when he was in there, when he was in Atlanta. Big and, Ben doesn't and seem. What, what did Michael Vick say after he spent one season with Donovan McNabb? That he should have studied more. But <laughs> he I mean, that's study more, right? But, he could have been greater a, as a player if he studied more. But that's a natural. I feel like that's a natural matura, maturation process as a player and as a young person. You figure out like the more time you put into your craft, the better you're going to become. Same thing with Big Big Ben. Big Ben uh, was notorious in the offseason for not really putting in the time. He'd rather go and hunting and camping. When he slowed down physically, what happened to him? Right. But he also won two Super Bowls and kept you a relevant franchise for the last you know decade. Same thing with Cam Newton. He didn't seem like he uh, was burning the night oil, uh, you know, breaking down film. But he did all right for himself. MVP. Uh, nobody knows anything about the Carolina Panthers history of their franchise without Cam Newton. They, and also, they might as well play in the SEC if it's not for Cam Newton. And none of those teams had those players sign contracts where they said, we don't think you don't study enough. Right. Um, I think we would be remiss if we don't mention Brett Favre notoriously. Gripping and ripping, baby. Talents, right. They called him the gunslinger. Gunslinger. Right? He, absolutely. Uh, he has said once in an interview, this is, this is not me making this up. Five years into the league, he didn't know what a nickel defense was. Right? Most of our <laughs> listeners might not know what a nickel defense is, but you would expect a guy who's seen nickel defenses to be able to identify them. Um, but he didn't. He had the talent, right? That, uh, that Patrick Mahomes couldn't read defenses when he first came into the league, too. But like you said, through coaching and through film and study, he's able to read that now. And that's why he felt like his game is being unlocked to a new level. But I just felt like it was kind of petty on the um, ownership group to put that in his contract because what are you going to do? You're going to install a ring in his house and uh, chime in and make sure he's Just looking at films. What did you What did you think about the film we gave you last night? I don't think it's that complicated. I also don't think that four hours is a lot of time, right? It's 35 minutes a day or so one day is a game, one day is travel and one day is rest, you know, so you got five other days. You spend an hour watching a film while someone's driving you to and from practice, like it's not a big deal, right? Most That's what I'm saying. I can't believe that – I find that hard to believe that they think he was doing less than what they need in terms of if we put this four in, that'll put us over the top. That'll take us from getting our brains beat in at SoFi to a real real contender. This four hours, that's going to really make the difference. I don't right, think so – it's, it's four hours, right? <laughs> so you're thinking about study in a week, right? It's four hours – of the team you're facing's previous game and maybe the previous time they played you, right? So like, that's not long you, you at need all. To watch, you, you, like, so they're the Cardinals. We're going to play the Rams this week. You need to watch who the Rams played last week. That's an hour and a half. They need to watch the last time the Rams played you. That's an hour and a half. And then, you know, here's some highlights, right? Like it, yeah. it's that is what's crazy to me is that it seemed like such an insignificant amount that what I just <laughs> described, they probably already doing in the quarterback room, right? Is there 100%. Study? Um, and so the fact that they put it in there lets you know that they felt some type of way about his mindset and how much attention he's giving to it, as you alluded to earlier. Um, and it becomes a trust issue, which is what you heard in, in, in the rumor mills before this contract over the course of the last six months is that the Cardinals don't really trust Kyler Murray to lead their franchise. 
Couldn't that have been a conversation you have with him, though? Do you have to put that on paper? Because coach, I feel like his it was, str- was his college coach, right? Or for at least one of his stops in college uh, is the same coach, right? So if he's known him for that long, so he recruited him to come to that school, right? So he knew him before he had his player. He knew him while he had his player. And then he decided <laughs> that that's the guy he wants to draft in the NFL and has had him his whole NFL career. And then they still think they need to put that in this contract. <laughs> it lets me know that there's probably something to it. I don't know who decided to put that in the contract because, to your point, you write the contract and then you submit it to the NFL, and then it becomes basically public because people can request to see contracts uh, from the NFL. So, like you said, I'm sure they could have chosen not to put that in his contract, but Colin Cowherd has a theory that the owner decided to put in his contract to stick it to him because owners, which are generally rich billionaire men, don't like when they're basically squeezed and told what to do. And Kyler basically squeezed the front office and said, hey, I'm not coming in unless you sign me. Yeah, I have two years left in this deal, but I want more money now. So he was saying he doesn't think that the owner liked that. So as a result, he opted to put that in his deal and to put that information out there. Because like you said, I feel like the head coach and the GM and his offensive coordinator or his quarterback coach have all had these conversations with Kyler or they're going to have these conversations about watching and doing more. And like I said, he's a, he's a young guy. He's only been in the league a handful of years. For instance, a friend of mine, Mercedes Lewis, he watches film and looks at his playbook in the summer. He's not on the clock. There's no ring in his, uh, in his place where, you know, Matt Lefleur is on the phone telling him, Hey, I need you to look at these defenses. Like he's doing that on his own, but at the same time, he's been in the league almost 20 years. So I don't know if he was doing that type of thing in the summertime, his third year in the league, but now it's different because like you said, you start to, it becomes more cerebral. You put more time in into your craft. And that's just, I feel like that's a natural progression. So I really hope that. Before you even move on, let's, let's finish off that plug. You guys can find uh, Jonathan's interview with Mercedes Lewis on YouTube. And uh, it's, an old deal. It's, a, it's a great interview and a good picture of uh, a long, successful NFL career from uh, one of the uh, great tight ends. In the history over, of the game. The last he, 20 he, years, yeah. Absolutely. If he had a quarterback in Jacksonville, he'd probably be wearing a, a gold jacket in a couple of years. But when you don't have a quarterback and you have plumbers and electricians throwing you the football, it's tough <laughs> because it's tough to put up stats. When you're in the uh, NFL purgatory known as Jacksonville. But, you know, what can you do? But we'll move on from uh, Kyler Murray, the Jacksonville Jaguars, because we've seen what's happened when Mercedes left. They, Lord, poor Trevor Lawrence. We're going to pray for you, brother. But anyways, uh, Charles Barkley and the Live Tour. So Chuck, you know, he's he said he's what he said he's. Four years left on his TNT deal, I think at $10 million a year. And he also has some big-time sponsors. And there's been reports that Charles Barkley is considering leaving TNT and, you know, CB, the, I guess you would say the CBS crew slash TNT Turner crew that does all that stuff around the March Madness in addition to the NBA. He's considering leaving that crew to go to the Live Tour because Live is basically throwing money at everybody involving anything to make a splash and the uh, national news media with the sports side. So what do you think about Chuck possibly jumping ship and going to talk golf? You think he should stay put or take the bag if they even offer it? So um, I'm not going to – so my first thought is Charles Barkley is not the guy I want to listen to talking about golf uh, (laughs) when I'm watching golf, uh, which I I do occasionally. Um, I like my analysts, you know, and my – journalists to be separate and i like my analysts to know what sport they're talking about right okay. and i don't think that any of these I, 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 I don't know you wouldn't ask him to come talk tennis right he's such a charismatic person that uh that whoever he's talking to whatever interview he's giving is always a fun interview it's a good interview exactly uh, whether you think he's right or wrong he seems to be genuine and thoughtful yeah oftentimes um but um I don't know if you really need him on a golf broadcast. Then I realize there's not really a live broadcast anyway. And so maybe, <laughs> exactly. maybe there are ideas for them to say to, to television networks, right? If they want to get onto broadcast TV. So we've got Charles Barkley and we know that ne- networks will rush to put Charles, Charles Barkley on the air. Um, I'm not going to. Cause Charles is more popular than anybody on the tour. Charles Absolutely. is more popular than any golfer in the world. Not named Tiger Woods. There I said it. Yeah. 
He's more popular than all the golfers. He has a sub. Why? He has endorsements with Subway, Capital One, and Dick's Sporting Good. And Who he also said, "Are not happy about potentially him being the voice of Live, which we've already covered in previous episodes." Uh, um, right. The, the reason why people are uncomfortable with that, and uh, and so he, if they offer him something, it'll probably have to cover all that additional contracts. But I would ask. The second thought that comes to mind is golf's a summer sport. Why can't he keep doing basketball and cover golf in the summer? True, true. I don't, I don't think Chuck wants to to work year round though, because <laughs> he, he already he doesn't like working multiple days a week during the playoffs. Yeah, because he's, he's on the broadcast year. all the time. Like Ernie, what time is it? Do we can we get out of here? Can we in early? He does that all the time at work. So I don't know if you want to pick up an additional job when you are already asking the boss, can you leave early? <laughs> when you're at work. Uh, but to your point, I think if they did get Chuck, they wouldn't use him in the traditional sense where he has a blazer on, he has a headset on, he's talking about uh, guys hitting the greens and fairways and the lie and the you know <laughs> and the dog leg left. I don't think they would use him for that. If they did, that would be a total miss. I think if they did bring in Chuck, it would be a Swiss Army knife with Swiss Army knife kind of thing where they have him playing in tournaments. They have him on the field, uh, field. They have him on the course. They have him in the booth, doing sit downs and just trying to bring some like um, some youthfulness and I guess you would say some joy to the tour because he, like he said, he has uh, friends in both tours. He has friends on the PGA tour and on the Live tour. So I think they would just want Chuck to be Chuck and just be around the tour. Versus trying to have him be, uh, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? I'm drawing a blank. Jim Nance. If that's what you're bringing him in to be, you're missing the mark. Hello, friends. Go ahead, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not. Um, I'm not particularly interested in the tour <laughs> in, 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 in a way where. I'm ready to tune in like I do for the big events. As a matter of fact, for the PGA, really, I'm only I'm only tuning in if it's a major. Or if Tiger's playing. Or, or Tiger's playing, right? Those are the yeah. times you can absolutely count on me to, to tune in. Now, and that's the rest of the golf watch. world. Right, yeah. So we might watch occasional other events, but those are the two triggers, right? It's a major or Tiger's playing. Right. Right. Um, so we'll, if Chuck's on, you might say, oh, let me see what Chuck is talking about. Right. But you're not going to like put the live tour in your calendar of your phone because since Chuck is on the broadcast, now I need to watch all their tournaments. Well, I shouldn't I don't sit know. down and watch five hours of golf, golf rounds, right? To, <laughs> exactly. Uh, what's the new number of tournaments? So yeah, they expanded, I believe from eight to 14 next year and their purse is going to uh, jump to $405 million. So one thing we do know they have a lot of is money, baby. So like Chuck said, if you show me the money, we might have something, but he said in a recent interview that they haven't even offered him anything. So people are doing all these, all this speculation, but they haven't even offered Chuck any money. He just recently played in the pro-am and it looked like it was on the sun because he was sweating profusely. If you ever get a chance <laughs> to see that interview, but uh, to kind of put a bow on that, I do like Chuck at Turner and I think uh, everybody would miss him greatly because oh, like if, you if said, Chuck leaves inside the NBA, you have to blow that show up and rebuild it. Kind of like uh, ESPN did with their shows when they lost their big personalities. They have to just rebuild their NBA coverage. You yeah. have to do that. Um, Chuck leaves, and maybe Kenny takes a GM job, which I, I, I'm told he's been uh, interviewing for. And I think he interviewed for the Knicks job two years ago, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Kenny, that Kenny one did the end of an era. Because like you said, Ernie yeah. is older. Uh, he's been around for forever. He's a staple at Turner. Ernie, Chuck, and Kenny – have been the flagship, flagship, flagstaff, I guess you would say, the pillars of basketball at Turner for the last, you know, 15, almost 20 years at this point. So if you take one of those big names out, it would completely change the dynamic because they're, they're winning awards. People tune in who don't even watch the NBA. They tune in to see that show because some of the stuff after the show is it's great. It's, 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 it's a it's leader fun, in the industry. Late, late at night. They incorporate social media. They were one of the first to do that. So they've done so many, so many things well at Turner uh, with that, with that group. Like you said, that core group, it would be crazy to see Chuck leave. Um, if he did, it would be, like you said, it would change it. Every, change everything a, there. Remember when you would. Talk uh, about Tim Tebow making the playoffs and winning games. After. 
<laughs> after the late night game, we're just going to ignore that comment altogether. <laughs> Remember Sunday night football would end, and everyone immediately turned to the NFL Network to see Dion, Dion and Rich Eisen and yeah, and, uh, the whole twenty first and Prime. Yeah, and when they lost those personalities, now right, they they, they like they lost Rich first, and then you know things didn't really work with the new crew, so they started mixing it up, changing right. it, and they paired the show down just to Dion, and then eventually lost Dion because he went to go coach college right. football. Like right. that's kind of what I see if if Chuck leaves this this gradual yet fast decline of the of the post game NBA show uh, on Thursday nights and, and Tuesdays. Yeah, that's gonna be tough unless unless Turner throws a bunch of money at Draymond and tells him to opt out of playing and just come straight to the booth. Uh, uh, what... so Draymond is asking for a bunch of money to be thrown at him. That's a great segue. He is, he is, but uh, I don't know if he's ready to give up playing yet because he's already signed a he already signed a contract with Turner, which basically says like as soon as I'm done, I'm coming straight over to you guys. And he does stuff now, and he's also you know doing his podcast during the finals and everything else. So Draymond is definitely trying to create a different path, but it's going to be really, really hard to your point to fill that chair with uh with Chuck, and it's crazy to see how far Chuck has come because you know they show. I've seen clips of his first broadcast, how he was kind of shy and timid to what he's, he's turned into now. He's basically a household name for people who don't even – people know Chuck now who have never seen him play basketball. never watched him play basketball, right, or don't realize yeah. how great of a player he was. Um, I think some people were uh, – if you remember back to uh, the Dream Team special, Absolutely. how surprised people were at how big of a personality Charles Barkley was way back then. Right, and some would say he was the best player on the dream team during that stretch. But he had the best. Be careful how you word that. He had. Well, he wasn't best, better than MJ. He, he but, had the best tournament. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, but we'll so we'll we'll go from Chuck to uh, the NFL back to the NFL because training camps have started. So we're going to be talking a lot of pigskin over the next couple of weeks. So there's this thing that uh, Are we don't have to talk pigskin anymore. Do we have to talk? Uh, vegan leather in today's day and age. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, so sensitive to that, I don't know. Is it really? A, is it really pigskin anymore, or is it like vegan leather? I don't know. The NFL might have made a change on us and didn't tell us. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, there's this thing that they uh, that they have. It's called tiers. So your top tier, or your top, or your top level guys, and then your second tier, and so on and so forth. So. There's a this hierarchy of I, quarterbacks. I, to, I had to fact check my comment a minute ago. Apparently, <laughs> footballs haven't been made of pig skin in like 50 years, <laughs> Just, <laughs> or any animal skin. It looks like they're made of rubber. Okay, um, I've been lied to yeah, my so entire life. Since before yeah, we were born, yeah, <laughs> we, we've called it that. Uh, just to clarify for our vegan audience, which uh, we do have a vegan audience, uh, we're very aware of that, and um, and the footballs definitely are vegan. Apparently. Right. So there's so there's a tier of quarterbacks and the top tier right now, uh, according to GMs are basically Aaron Rod no, actually no, this is according to what? Uh Pro Football Talk, right? Who is this tier this these this tier? Basically Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. But they're missing, you know some players in that because it's the gentleman who won the Super Bowl last year. You know, Matt Stafferty went from the Detroit Lions to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. And what do you know? Won the Super Bowl. Also, Russell, last name Wilson. He's one of the top tier quarterbacks. And also Lamar Jackson. He's a what? He's off of an MVP performance two years ago or three years ago. Uh, without him, who knows where the Baltimore Ravens would be. So what do you think about this this NFL tier in terms of the top tier versus the second tier, Jay? Yeah, so this was uh, Sando from uh, The Athletic, actually, mm-hmm. uh, who put this tier list together. So I, I, I don't mind uh, – people want to put these lists together, right? It's all going to be your opinion. Right, right? with There's numbers, a- pro football focus, blah, blah, blah. Right, yeah. There's going to be, you know, a lot of a little uh, bit of numbers, a lot of opinion. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I would say this: um, 
Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. If you want to have them in tier one, uh, in that order, your tier two is Stafford, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Dak Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray, and Matt Ryan. I would would say immediately, the thing that bothers me immediately (laughs) is that I don't think anyone thinks that Russell Wilson is the same caliber of quarterback as Carr, Matt Ryan, Ryan, (laughs) Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford. Russell Wilson absolutely belongs in the top tier. And if you're going to make me kick someone out. (laughs) I might say, yeah, who who you? You, so, if you make me kick someone out, I would tell you that in that top tier, you know who's won the fewest playoff games? Joe <laughs> Burrow. I'm sorry, Justin Herbert. He hasn't even. Well, oh, I know where you're going. <laughs> so you're going to kick out Aaron Rodgers, which <laughs> I, I kind of want to, but I can't because his regular seasons. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks ever. You can't be. He, can't be. Yeah, he's a two-time. He's a two-time defending Again, right? MVP. But these GMs want to tell you that winning matters. Yeah, but I mean, like you said, as the Packers haven't had that much playoff success in the last couple of years in terms of getting to the Super Bowl and winning it. But like you said, he's still a football savant. So Aaron, his place is still there. Patrick Mahomes, boy, a.k.a. Mahomes, he's not going anywhere. Tommy's not going anywhere. Josh Allen, he's been getting better every year he's been in the NFL. He, he played a uh, an amazing playoff game against Patrick Mahomes last year. But now it gets sticky. As much as I love uh, Justin Herbert, he's not in the top tier yet because, one, he hasn't been to the playoffs. Two, he hasn't played with expectations. We'll see what he does this year when there's an expectation of him to get to the playoffs and make a run. Right. He's had two full seasons. Um, And Joe Burrow, if you're going to have a toss-up between them, Joe Burrow was just in the Super Bowl. Right. Um, So Joe Burrow had a run. But the true measure of greatness for me is what do you do when teams – are planning to stop you and you have expectations and you also haven't gotten paid yet. So you're playing with the full deck of cards because when you, when you sign that big payday as an NFL quarterback, then your team has to start cutting back uh, some of that talent around you. So then we really get to see how good you are. So I think um, Russell Wilson needs to be in that top tier. And I think it's utterly disrespectful not to have action Jackson uh, in that top tier because he's he's won in the playoffs. He took over for Joe Flacco. They said he couldn't do this, and then he then he does it. He's he's still in his rookie deal, so you gotta put Lamar Jackson in the top tier. But then again, there's some hating GMs who say if he won 12 uh, MVPs, he wouldn't put him in the top tier, which is basically saying I don't care who he is or what he does. I just don't like him because if anybody wins 12. Uh, MVPs at the quarterback or two position. MVPs, <laughs> exactly. or the most ever is like five or six. Like, come on, guys. exactly. Like, what are we talking about? But again, it's. It, I think sometimes it comes down to, and I think a little bit, a little bit of this kind of can be sprinkled into the that uh, the tea leaves of Kyler Mary. You know, sometimes when you're a quarterback of color, they like to move the goalposts and say he's good, but he doesn't do this. Yeah, he's really athletic, but. He doesn't look like what I'm used to. He doesn't look like somebody who sits in the pocket like a Statue of Liberty and completes passes. So a lot of times people like to push back on things that look different, such as Kyler Murray running around, doing his thing, playing other sports, putting pressure people on. say Steve Young moves around too much? Nope. And do people say that Josh <laughs> Allen ran around too much and ad lib? Nope. But they say there was also another GM who said, like, if you get Patrick Mahomes past his first read, he breaks down. Breaks down into what? One of the best quarterbacks we've seen in the last 20 years? Sure. If that's the case, I'll take that. Actually, so, actually there's some some there's a lot of um, there's data that stats, says, right? There's yeah, the, those stats you, you again, right? Like, I love stats, but there's context, right? Right. Him scrambling and having bad stats while he's injured running for his life with an <laughs> offensive line that's that that was decimated at right. the end of that season going into the Super Bowl 
is not the same as him not being efficient out of the pocket. It's just exactly. not. But the stats yeah. don't tell you the context, right? They just Absolutely. say that his numbers were worse when he was scrambling. Well, yeah, he was scrambling. Everybody he was is. His life. He was yeah. hurt, and he was playing on one leg. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. And yeah, so his stats got worse, you know. But, again, like you said, they never give that same sort of criticism for somebody like Josh Allen who runs around, and sometimes he thinks he's a linebacker, and you want him to get out of bounds, get down, I throw the ball out of bounds. I love when Josh Allen runs over people or leaps over people. I do too, but if you're but if, you, you're, if a, you're the if you're his if coach, you're a Bills you're fan, you're just like get down, get, get down. the ball out of your hands. Exactly, right? You want him to be a little more Russell Wilson than uh, um, Cam Newton when it comes to scrambling. Russ yeah. will scramble and get down, or he'll he's scramble and get out of line. bounds. Yeah, yeah not you're not about to smack the him. The yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this Cam, is why he rarely misses games, right? Exactly. <laughs> but Cam, on the other side, he uses the, his athleticism. He would try to run over people, and that shortened his career because it it takes the tread off your tires when you're spinning around in the parking lot versus just driving down the street. You know, I'm so, surprised that more going on the subject. Just just a thought here. I'm surprised that more players don't do what Peyton Manning did late in his career or from the middle of his career. If you're going to sack me, I'm down. You're not hitting me. Yeah. Oh, my protection's <laughs> breaking down. Sack. You got it. That's a sack for you. Who wants a high five? You get the sack. You touch me first. Right? Exactly. Like, or just like, straight down the ball. Just throw it into the dirt. Like, nope, yeah. you're not going to hit me. I'm so over it. I guess it's easy to do that when you know you're one of the greatest quarterbacks ever and you get another down, you're going to throw a touchdown. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so, you don't, exactly. so you don't need every down. But um, – but a player like Josh Allen, you, know, you got to prolong your career, and that was that was great. That was one great way to do it. Again, he made up for it by being you know best quarterback ever. Younger guys try to squeeze every ounce of juice out of that lemon or that orange. But as you get older, you understand that you just want to live to see another day, keep the possession alive. And the biggest thing is we want you to be upright and not on the sideline with a clipboard because that means you're hurt. So right. live to Throw see the another day. Away. That's what that that uh, a different way to do it is the way Aaron Rodgers does it, right? Throw the ball away, right? Exactly. Um, and he doesn't take as many sacks, and you know when he gets sacks, he breaks his collarbone, right? So he can't take <laughs> sacks, exactly. yeah, so exactly. he'll throw the ball away, right? Instead of throwing it up for grabs or letting someone chase him down and potentially hurt him. Yeah, Nicholas Cage from Con Air is not about getting sacked. I don't blame him because he just signed a big old fat deal. And I say Nicholas Cage from Con Air because that's how he showed up to camp. He literally which dressed was a as great Nicholas. costume, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> look up, look up Aaron Rodgers, uh, Con Air, or look up Aaron Rodgers, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> um, and you can find some side by side. He exactly. absolutely was Nicholas Cage in the same way Nicholas Cage bulked up for that movie. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> definitely his whole off season has been like trap pulls, lap pulls, and push ups. <laughs> like all his, he gained like ten pounds of muscle, like all above his rib cage. Exactly, exactly. But uh, one last story before we let you go. So the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, uh, Hoodieville, I call him Hoodie because he normally wears hoodies on the sidelines. And instead of getting, you know, a true hoodie and having the entire sleeve, he likes to cut it right around the elbows. So it looks like I dress myself. flexible. I want a hoodie, but I also want a short sleeve. Exactly. So you got to just... It's like a mullet. I got I got party in the front. No, I'm party in the back and business in the front. So he's like, I want my head to be warm and I want my arms to be free. So, yeah, he decided that he's not naming an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator for this staff. Instead, he just has a bunch of coaches. Now, I think that having titles is important, especially if I'm working for you. I need a title for me to apply for new jobs in the future. If I'm working at a school and I'm the principal, don't have me as an educator. I'm putting I was the principal and I had this role. I had that role. And this is what I had to do when I was at this school. But he just has people there as kind of as working. So it 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 seems good. Like you said, I know I know what you're going to say. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you kind of judge Judy and, and, and throw your side of this argument. But I think. It's important to have a hierarchy because it's been done a certain way in the NFL for a really long time. They've had success at it. But I think part of the reason why he's not naming an offensive coordinator is because he doesn't really have one. He has a bunch of retread guys who coach the defensive side of the ball coaching offense because he thinks he can figure out a way. 
So what's your thoughts on not naming an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator in New England? I mean, there's multiple ways to to structure an organization, right? Right. Um, I worked for a CEO, not directly, but in an organization where the CEO wanted the organization to be flatter and less like a pyramid, right? Where um, there were more people in every layer and everybody had access to their leader, right? You didn't mm-hmm. have to go through your boss and your boss's boss to get to the leader. Um, and our leader thought that that was a more effective way for him to stay in tune with what's going on in the business. And he put the right people in place on the level below him from his perspective to keep the business um, running well, right? He didn't need to just appoint one person. Now, right, that's a little bit different than what people are used to. I would point out that this is not the first time Bill Belichick has done that. And I believe the previous time he did it, they won the Super Bowl. So so let's take whether or not it's good for winning out of it. I think that he's well, proven They also had this guy way. with uh, Brady as his last name when that happened. But, you know, it's cool. Yeah. No big deal. That's a detail I, uh, that we can leave out. <laughs> I, I heard a claim that this was actually a genius move by Bill Belichick. Because okay. by not having an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator named on his staff, then he doesn't have – some obvious target for a poaching attempt from another organization where like we were able to sign, you know, Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, which happens all the time. Now he's like, you try to guess who's my offensive coordinator suckers because <laughs> I'm not giving out the title. And then he doesn't have to worry about losing yet another coordinator to some other team who will in fact not have the same level of success that they have exactly and come back in a couple of years. Exactly. Like they all do. But is it, is it really that hard to figure out who's calling plays? Can't you just look at their mouth and look at the quarterback and put two and two together? I'm not calling Mac Jones. uh, I'm not calling Mac Jones Peyton Manning. Right. But I will say that in that offense in Indianapolis, no one called plays on the side on. Right. There's ways to do it. I don't know that they're the Patriots are ready to do that right now, but it, <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb and say they're not going to give. Possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's possible. Like you said, it's possible. Uh, but I don't think Mac's going to be Mac and cheese is going to be, be doing his own thing. Reading the offense and calling the play in the 30 seconds. You don't think he's there yet? <laughs> exactly. Somebody's going to be calling plays. Like you said, it, it, I don't know if they're going to be on a sideline or in the booth with the bird's eye you know, view. So what, what happens is there'll be six people on the sideline with the <laughs> all running their mouth. mouth. Yeah, they all have the play card <laughs> up. You, don't, you won't know who's talking, right? Everybody yeah. will just be going. They're going to become the Oregon Ducks in a second with a big uh, sheet. <laughs> now, what are, are there rules up against that in the NFL? You just pick up a big poster and yeah. those ducks, right? And you'll know one of the cards is live. Exactly. The, the big the sheet and the cards and all that. I miss that. That That's going to – I wonder what they're going to do this year because, like, like you said, some people had the big massive sheet to protect their play caller, and then some people used the big the big cue cards uh, in the form of – like Oregon did that, and I think a few teams in the, uh, the Big Ten and the Big uh, 12 did that as well. So it'll be interesting to see how creative teams get with their play calling because, you know, New England has been notorious – for taking things that don't belong to them when it comes to play calls uh, when it's leading up to big games. So, side note before we leave New England, are they going to make the playoffs? No. And they can't because, one, there's two better teams in them in their division. Two better teams? Who's the two? I was going to say Buffalo, yes. Is Miami going to be better than New England this year? Maybe not, yeah. So, I mean, there's one better team in them in their division, but the division that's going to have multiple teams make it is the AFC West. And so only one team from, from that division is making the playoffs, and it's going to be Buffalo. I think this is a make-or-break a year with Tua, too, because they put so many so many tools and so many uh, bells and whistles around him. He has to play well. This is like a make-or-break a year. Oh, Either, you know what? Uh, I want to retract my previous statement. When you look at the AFC West, your initial thought is that's going to be the division where multiple teams make it, but they got to play the NFC West. So who knows what's going to happen in that bloodbath between those two divisions? (laughs) They have multiple teams making it. True, true. Before we get out of here, this show ran a little bit long because we had a lot of good stuff and a lot of a lot of um, tools in the in the in the hardware kit. You want to add anything on our way out? We don't really have a lot of movement in basketball this week. Kyrie's still um, where he's at 
Russ is still there. There hasn't been a lot of movement on the free agent front in the NBA. So I believe someone told you, or we might have talked about this on the last show. Someone told you that James Harden was not about to sign some forty million or fifty million dollar deal. <laughs> he actually you said signed that. his deal today, and uh, and uh, it made it official. So do you think that was him taking a pay cut or Daryl Morey saying, this is what we got and this is what you're going to sign and you can go hit free agency two years from now, or actually a year from now, if you please. Oh, I I think you're describing the same thing. Daryl Morey saying, you got to take a pay cut if you want to stay here. (laughs) And so he did it. And then, and then Daryl Morey says, don't worry, we'll make it seem like we wanted to offer you a billion dollars a year, but you said, don't give that money to other people. And, And so that story, I don't buy it for a second. Because James gotcha. Harden, right, just forced his way out of multiple teams. I'm sure he wasn't doing that with the intention of giving up $20 million a year. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You want to add anything on the way out, Jay? No. I, I think that uh, the, we're getting in the nitty-gritty NFL training camps have all started, or most of them have started, and they'll be starting throughout the uh, weekend. And uh, preseason's coming up. And football fans all over the country are holding their breath over the next four weeks because all you want to do right now is make it to the regular season without any injuries. Unfortunately, we saw the the big fella for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their center, the big ginger. He went down with a uh, looked like a, a knee injury today, so hopefully he's okay. But that's the biggest thing. You just want to make yeah, it through Tom preseason Brady, without yeah. any Tom, injuries. Tom Brady is not coming back another year to to not have Gronk and missing other other linemen key components <laughs> absolutely they, they, they are already starting with the new coach that's, that's they signed that's julio jones you think he's going to have a, a a comeback breakout year or is or is he done and his tires are done tom julio jones might not ever be who he was at his peak but he's going to be way better with tom brady throwing the ball than he was the last two years true true that's fair because it was so now he's getting the ball from tom brady versus uh Tannehill in tennessee <laughs> yes. By the way, you know who was drafted ahead of Tannehill? RG3 and Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, neither one of them in the league. And Tannehill's still chugging, chugging along. And about to get Just another deal another somewhere. Yeah, and that was so obvious, right? He was yeah. so obviously not the right pick above RG3 and Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck left on his own accord. And RG3 had a, a bad injury, which kind of derailed his career. But you just never know. Like, as sure as the draft might seem, it's a crap yeah. So, to your point, uh, and like I said, I'm not really sure the draft order with those three. But I know, obviously, Luck went overall, number one. Um, but like you said, RG3 was in that draft as well. And he was supposed to be next up. He was, I believe he was Rookie of the Year. Then he tore his ACL. And his career never really got back on track, and he never got his big payday. So it's it's tough to see. I'm sure he hates seeing Tannehill, you know, on his second contract, probably about to get his third now, and he never really got a big payday. To your point, the NFL man, not for long. Injuries shortened so many careers. It it looked so promising early on. Even uh, was it Chris Carson, the running back for the Seattle Seahawks, recently announced that he's going to be retiring. He was like beast mode, baby beast mode. Came in, did really well, but injuries uh, knocked him out of the out of the NFL too. So, yeah, another player two years into the league uh, just retired today. Really. Uh, the name is escaping me, but it's a um, oh, uh, Gandy Golden at the Commanders. The Commanders, for those uh, not following, is the Washington Football Team's moniker. Now they're the right. Washington Commanders. And Antonio Gandy Golden, um, he was drafted in 2020. He retired at the age of 24. Hey, gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta save that noodle up top. Again, thanks to everybody. To finish his inter- uh, education, which you know. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Jay, let us know where they can find our podcasts and send out to their friends, family, uh, and everybody else. JandJRadio.com. Appreciate that. Again, Jonathan Harper, Jason Gibbons, Statman and the Hammer. We do this about every week. Tune in for all your news and notes with just about everything uh, sports in terms of football, baseball, basketball. We'll even uh, sprinkle in a little bit of soccer when it's relevant. But you know our two main sports are football and basketball. Again, we will talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. J&J Radio. Take care.